Hey folks, Larry from Achieving Reality, the podcast. Have you been trying to figure out what subscription box to sign up for? If you're a movie buff, then I've got what you need, baby. Horror Pack. For just $19.99 each month, you'll get three DVDs and an exclusive. Or you can spend $24.99 and snag three Blu-rays and an exclusive each month. Just go to horrorpack.com and pick your plan. Now, you've been told what to do, so go do it. Horrorpack.com Your next place is no carpet. Well, if we have our way, it'll be all wood floors anyways. So echo will be amazing. We'll have to get blankets for the floor. Yeah, I'll buy a rug for and you're just saying getting down on the rug. Yeah, buy an old rug. Then I won't care. No, the rug is an antique. <laughs> Not that kind of old. Hey everybody, it's time for another Achieving Reality, the podcast. This week we talk weird news. Ooh, the red underwear. Ooh, that'll really get your coat. And some Texas news. And then with the mysteries of the unexplained, we do something. Um, and I've just forgotten what it is. Oh, there we go. Fiery nuns. That's right. There's nothing like some hot religion. <laughs> So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Gene Rally the Podcast. We'll see you at the end. Bye. The world is a shithole. And we can blame the news and smartphones for making it worse. We need to just go back to doing vocabularies and mysteries of the unexplained. I don't like this news thing anymore. Hey Chris! Hold on. Oh. Checking my messages here. Speaking of smartphones. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, Chris. Hey, hey. What you got? I got some more. Weird news. Weird news. Weird news. Not metal news. Weird no, news. no, yeah, no, not metal news. That, that'll come in a little bit. Weird metal news. <laughs> All right, so this is MalaysiaNow.com. MalaysiaNow.com. Which means it's probably from Malaysia. So it makes it. Good hope. It makes it Malaysian news. Judge throws out rape case, citing red underwear as evidence of consent. Oh boy. So just from that title, the fuck? Yeah. Now, like I said. Hello, Malaysia. Yeah, like I said, this is from Malaysia. 21st century calling. Yeah. Yeah. Two of the three judges were female, and they ruled that women only wear red underwear on special occasions when they intend to have sex. Wow, they're. Yeah. They're pulling an America, and there's a bunch of ladies with red hands mm -hmm. and red face masks with red underwear pulled down around their knees, standing on the courthouse steps. It's a very American thing to do. 
They all had their red underwear pulled down. Yes. Not exactly disproving the... Well, I think they might have... Wait, what? Protesters wearing red underwear around their knees demonstrate against a rape ruling by a court in Peru? Peru? So why is it in Malaysia Now news? I don't know. Why is it on Achieving Reality? Because it's weird news. That's why it's on Malaysia. A court in Peru, so apparently this is not a Malaysian story, has thrown out a rape case saying that the alleged victim wore lacy red underwear to a party that was a clear sign that she intended to have sex that night and could not have been raped. First of all, that's bullshit, but going on. The bench, two of whom... The bench, two of whom were women, stated that the victim was not as shy as she claimed and acquitted the defendant. Also garbage. Judgels... Judgels? Shyness... Has nothing to do with the color underwear you're wearing. Shyness has nothing to do with the prosecution of rape case. No. Judges Ronald and Dia, Diana Espinoa, and Lucy Chakalaka Chakalakakan ruled on October 29 that the complainant had misrepresented herself, adding that women only wear red underwear on special occasions when they intend to have sex. That's not true. Harry's wearing red underwear now. No, it's actually black. Well, now. Ew. Don't ew at me. You're the one with the. No, all my underwear is black. I'm married. My cock is in mourning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder why she didn't show up for the show. I'd kill me. Someone's going to. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, she's at lunch right now with uh, her mom and some friends of ours. I'm texting her. Go right ahead. Larry's cock is in mourning because he's married to you. That's nice. <laughs> Okay. Names have not been released to local media who reported that 20-year-old woman said she was drunk and unconscious at a party when the accused 22-year-old, I guess, told her... Oh, shit. It's It's a text. And it's from Matt saying, yeah, I agree. Are we doing this live? Are you being good morning? Apparently. Names have not been released to the local media who reported the 20-year-old woman said she was drunk and unconscious at a party when the accused, 22-year-old whoever, told her they were going to collect some documents from his place and he would then take her home. However, she awoke naked in his bed in the morning. The accused man claimed that the allegations against him were just a form of, quote, revenge by the woman. Following the not guilty decision, there had been a national outcry across Peru. The country's Ministry of Women said it, quote, profoundly rejected the court's argument, which it said contains stereotypes and, quote, re-victimized the complainant. Protests erupted at the capital, Lima, with women taking to the streets wearing red underwear around their legs to show solidarity with the alleged victim. Quote, a rapist in your path, the song chanted by Peruvian protesters, is becoming a rallying cry for women's rights protesters around the world. Well, people protesting women's rights? Apparently. You might want to find a better term for that. Yeah, or write it differently. Activists across Latin America are urging their governments to do more to tackle endemic levels of violence against women. 
The case recalls an Irish court decision in 2018 in the southern city, county, people, southern county of Cork. Protests flared across Ireland when the 27-year-old defendant was acquitted after his lawyer showed the 17-year-old alleged victim's G-string in court as, quote, proof of her consent. The court ruled that, quote, the victim had been open to meeting someone because she was wearing a thong with a laced front. What if that was all the underwear she actually had? Because it was like tomorrow was wash day. And she's like, oh, I gotta wear the thong. I'm kind of putting into context, you can't go by what underwear they're wearing. Uh, the recent rape trials, particular, quote, provocative clothing, fake tan and contraceptives have all been used as alleged proofs of consent. Fake tan? Uh, so then, is that saying former Cheeto-in-Chief was always out for consent? That's one of the things we actually knew about Don Don. Yuck! I'm, I'm sorry, but none of that is consent. None of it. No. With as mean and nasty and as dirty as I can be, that is not consent. Especially fake tan and having contraceptives and, and, in and, your purse. And honestly, and honestly, fake tan is kind of the opposite of consent. It goes to show that you're absolutely not looking for sex. All right, so uh, that's fucked up. I don't, I don't believe that in the least. In, in the least, that's just wrong. No, no, I believe the story. I don't believe that because you happen to have red underwear on, whether it be lacy or not, that's just saying I want to get laid. All right, so cue... I don't know, just cue music. I have nothing for that one. That's just wrong. time again is it it is yeah the echo's getting really bad in here is it well when you said yeah <laughs> oh well, when i was loud yeah it's that time again time for new i mean not news of the weird <laughs> news of the weird <laughs> <laughs> Speed it up. All right, so I mean, that, that was speed not up. speed it up. It's zhuzh it up. Ooh, ooh! I threw a zhuzh in there. <laughs> All right, here we go. Trying to not trying. Time to hit my uh, second random, attempt at the line. Random number generator. Blink, blink. Two eighty-eight. It's a picture. This will be easy. <laughs> it's a horsey. I guess I'll have to start with the odor of sanctity. Because hmm. it goes here to there. Because you're trying to be funny. Nope. And I could do the furnace of love after that. The furnace of love. Ooh. That's his favorite night spot. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody retorted for that because it's probably true. Yeah. One of them, anyways. 
the odor of sanctity. Christian nuns are considered and consider themselves to be the brides of Christ. And in token of this, put on a wedding ring. Wedding ring? <laughs> put on a wedding ring at the time of their final vows. After the mystical wedding of the of Sister Giovanna Maria della Croce. Della Croce? That's what it says. Must have been related to... Uh, della Croce. No, that's not Croce. That's Croce. Brother was a good singer. Mm. And also a nun. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> of Roberto... Uh, Roberto... Berrietto, Italy, which took place about 1625, her ring finger exhaled a delicious fragrance which she was unable to hide and which all the community soon became aware of. Her biographer continues... So she was the original Smell My Finger girl. (laughs) Hey, man, smell my finger. I guess in this case... Hey, man, smell my finger. I ain't fun of that again. <laughs> the perfume which it gave out was so powerful that it communicated itself to the touch and persisted for a considerable time. Thus, it happened that Sister Mary Ursula, having touched that finger in the holy nun's first illness, her hand for several days afterwards retained an exquisite fragrance. This scent was particularly perceptible when Giovanna Maria was ill because she could not then take any precautions to disguise it. From her finger, the perfume extended gradually to the whole hand and then to her whole body and communicated itself to all the objects which she touched. So like King Midas, but stinky. It could not be compared to any earthly scent because it was essentially different and transfused soul and body with an indescribable sweetness. Sounds like she had a urinary tract infection of some sort or something. Or an allergic reaction to the ring. Or, um, what is it? Um, certain types of diabetes can make you smell sweet. Huh. She got it in spades, though. It was more powerful when she came back from communion. It exuded... Oh, see? Communion wine. Sugar. It exuded not only from her body, but also from her clothes long after she had ceased to wear them and went nude everywhere. Oh, sorry. Uh, from her straw mattress and from the objects in her room, it spread through the whole house and betrayed her comings and goings and her every movement. You. The religious who bore... Bleh. The religious who were in the choir were aware of her approach from the perfume, which was wafted before her. Before she came into view, this phenomenon, which lasted for many years, was more remarkable because, naturally, she could not endure any form of scent. It was unnecessary to keep all such things as musk and amber out of the house altogether because they acted upon her from a considerable distance, even though they were hidden in the cellar and produced a most distressing effect. Farted a lot. So much so that she would even faint away on the spot. Oh, Godbeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Awful ironic weakness. I have the vapors. Yes, you do, sister. <laughs> 
The only scent which did her no harm was that which was breathed from her own person. It's a defense mechanism. Herbert Thurston, The Physical Phenomenon of Mysticism, pages 229 to 230. It covers up all of the other scents in the room with her own. With her own ass scent? I'm pretty sure they're not talking about that. Might be. Not in those glowing terms or not. You don't know. She ate a lot of roses and stuff. Peppermint. Roses and peppermint. <laughs> well, that's better than incense and peppermint. Is it? Yeah. Incense is all crunchy and horrible. You're referring to the scent. But okay. And it's usually it's it's usually patchouli smelling. Or sandalwood. A furnace of love. Sister Maria... <laughs> Sister Millie Vanilli. And yes... <laughs> says Villani, but still. A Dominican nun of Naples who believed that she had been pierced in the side and heart by a fiery spear of love was 86 years old when she died in the latter 1600s. At the moment of her death, her flesh was dark and shriveled. But afterward, it changed miraculously, becoming fresh-colored and supple and moist like that of a living person. Nine hours after her death, an autopsy was performed, the first incision being made in the chest. But when this was done, smoke arose from the heart, to great astonishment of those watching, and with it so much heat that the surgeon had to stand back and grab marshmallows. At length, he moved his hand towards the incision again to withdraw the heart from the body, but the heat was still intense, and he was burned several times before being able to extract it with a ten-foot pole. Those present were then able to see and explore an open wound in the heart of exactly the same shape and size that Maria herself once sketched of the puncture. This wound in the heart, her biographer says, I have seen and touched and examined. The lips of the wound are hard and seared, just as happens when the cautery is used to remind us, no doubt, that it was made with a spear of fire. Sister Maria's biography, which was published only four years after her death, not only contains formal affidavits to the above facts by the surgeons responsible for the autopsy, Domenico Trifon and Francesco Pinto, but also sworn depositions by three of her confessors to the effect that they had been allowed to see and probe the supernatural wound in her side. That's dirty. Of these confessors, one, Leonardo di... Leonardo de DiCaprio was a man whose moral and spiritual quality was so much above suspicion that after his own death, he became a candidate for beatification. Sure. Herbert Thurston, The Physical Phenomena of Mysticism, page 212 to 220. So yeah, I think they are just taking snippets of his book and just putting it in here. You can do the third. It's another little one. Okay, sure, why not? A Warm Heart. I just read that one. No, I didn't. That was A Furnace of Love. It's supposed to be the sequel. <laughs> it's a prequel. Well, you know what they say? Warm Heart, very autopsy. The Venerable Serafina de Dio, a Carmelite nun who lived in the 17th century in Capri. Yes, everybody there wears those short pants was renowned in her time for the ardor of her devotion to Christ, which, according to the testimony of other nuns, and a few sums, brought an incandescent glow to her face when she was at prayer. Her flesh, they noted, was so hot that if they touched it, even on a cold winter's day, they were scorched. 
By her own report, they said she felt consumed with a living fire and that her blood was boiling. Damn it, convenient. As her death approached, Serafina, like St. Catherine of Genoa, see page 284, lost great quantities of blood through the nostrils or by the mouth. So much indeed that all were astonished she could survive the loss, being then quite old and emaciated. But the greatest wonder occurred after the nun's death. For the space of 20 hours, the body retained so great a heat, particularly in the region of the heart, that one could comfortably warm one's hands by holding it there, as many of the nuns discovered on making the experiment. Indeed! All these nuns warming their hands around this dead woman. Oh, yeah. Indeed, the warmth was perceptible for 33 hours after death, though somewhat less in degree, in spite of the fact that the month was March and the weather chilly. The corpse did not completely lose its heat until after it had been opened and the heart extracted. Thurbert Hurston, The Physical Phenomena of Mysticism, pages 218 to 219. So basically, yeah, same story. So endeth the lesson. Cue church music. There's nothing. I don't even know what we're doing. Uh, weird news. Weird news. We're still doing that. Weirdly enough. And next week we'll have a news of the weird. What? I haven't seen Neil in a couple weeks. Oh, he's. Uh, I think he went on a sabbatical. Something about to the other apartment complex. Something about. Uh, I did see the big watch of smoke coming through. <laughs> no, I swear to God, I came home and yeah, it, it was, the building was struck by lightning. The entire roof burnt off. When I got out of the car, you, I mean, just thick smoke all over. I was like, oh, shit. But then I looked around and like, nobody was yeah, in the least, what, bit, it, the least bit of distress. Yeah, because it wasn't your it wasn't your complex. It was Kim's. I was like looking around like, should, should somebody be doing something? Because, I mean, it was just billows of smoke and, around our buildings. Yeah. And, must be checking it out. Those, those kids smoking, uh, smoking trees. <laughs> hey, Chris. Hey. So, uh, you know what time it is? Time for some stuff. Technically. Yay, I got it right. Time for some weird news. Weird news. Whatever. Another weird. <laughs> for sale. <laughs> okay. Dallas mansion with no bedrooms for nearly a million dollars. Any room that you sleep in can be a bedroom. Well, by technicality, the bedroom is a room that has a closet and a window in it. So I have two bedrooms. What I really could use as a living room. <laughs> it's the most unusual and mysterious mansion that two Dallas real estate veterans say they have ever tried to sell. It's the biggest, most expensive home on South View Lane in North Dallas. The nearly $1 million mansion at, I'm not giving the address, on the corner of Coit in North Dallas is not built to live in. The home disguises its original purpose as a business. Uh Aha. Everything inside from the reception. It's a zoning dodge. Yeah. 
Everything inside Sweet. from the reception area to the stark design and features look like something you'd find in an office park resident rather than a residential neighborhood. I might kind of like that. Ha- uh, hashtag. <clears throat> Quote, Probably the most unusual property I've ever come across, to say the least, said Dallas realtor Ace Lolly, who has a tough task of selling the home, which has been on the market for three months and listed at $989,000. Everybody likes the challenge, says Lolly. Lolly, 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 get your adverbs here. Um, so I, just, I, would, I would set the house up, and then when people come over, it's like, oh yeah, put your stuff down in the bedroom, and, just, and wander off. And then spend the rest of the day looking around the house, trying to find the bedroom. Oh yeah. The builder had a zoning exception for public utility use, so it was built to be an electrical switching center before later being leased to medical office data storage. The 6,000 square foot with no bedroom or kitchen. It begs the oh, question, shit, no. who would want the most expensive house in a neighborhood that's not equipped for someone to live in? We're getting people that are like, hey, I want to maybe use it as a school or a data center or a school for fencing. <laughs> there is one half bath, though. Oh, man. No, no full bathroom either. Yeah. But the exterior mm. windows are only covering brick walls. The house has two separate electric grids and three generators that use a variation of diesel and natural gas. If you're getting ready for the zombie apocalypse, this could be where you want to be. Not without a kitchen. Well, you know, I mean, I rarely ever, I don't use the oven at all. Still need a kitchen. I get, I get a, you know, a, a burner. I can use. Well, you could do a hot plate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but use the air fryer and the microwave and. The, so, so Lolly says calls expressing interest have been nonstop since it was recently featured on Zillow Gone Wild. Plus a ranch style showing their porches. <laughs> hey! Despite its limitations, the agents expect to eventually find the right buyer for it. I mean, yeah, I can see you gut it, build a couple full bathrooms and a kitchen, and then go from there. You, yeah, you could do that. Or if you have like a, a game design company. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm blown away that they can, they're getting away with only half a bath, though. Yeah. I mean, I guess if it was a data storage place, then it doesn't really matter. You've only got one or two people there. Mm-hmm. So who cares? But so there you go. Dallas Mansion, no bedrooms, Especially a million dollars. If you have a business that doesn't have a lot of things like you know, deliveries and, or you know, shipping stuff, then yeah, you don't have a lot of incoming traffic. You don't have people, you know, customers walking in. True. Then, yeah, this would be perfect. A little quiet area. You're not making a lot of noise. They're not making a lot of noise. Yeah. Can have uh, somebody come out and mow the lawn. That's not a problem. Whose week is it? It's Sharon's week this week. Oh, it ain't never going to get done. So, here's some more weird news. Oh, we're doing two this time? Yep, because they're both in Texas. Oh. (laughs) We'll call it Texas news. Just because the last one was just so upbeat and jolly. Gunman kills one, injures three before he is, wait for it, electrocuted. Stoned to death in Fort Worth, police say. Oh, that's where Neil went. (laughs) Neil would never even pull a gun. No. He stoned the guy to death. Oh! A gunman opened fire on a group of people in a Como neighborhood, killing one and injuring three others before he was stoned to death. The gunman and the other person (laughs) were pronounced dead at the scene. I just like how they did that. The other person. Not the victim. Not the victim. 
Their names have not been released. He, he was asking for it. Yeah, he was wearing he was wearing yellow underwear. Uh, their names have not been released by authorities. Police say that a shooting erupted after a disturbance between a group of people who knew each other. Oh. Fort Worth police said the shooting was reported just before 1 a.m. because nothing ever good happens after midnight. After a fight broke out at a small gathering, in addition to the two deaths. One person was in critical condition, and two people had what the police described as non-life-threatening injuries. A man attending the party became upset and left, but he returned with another person. Another person, mm -hmm. police said. They went to the backyard and argued with several more other people. Oh, he went and got his friends. The man shot at least one other person in the backyard and fled as the other partygoer other people chased the other shooter. The other shooter turned and fired at the group, but the other people picked up concrete landscaping bricks and hurled them at the shooter. Damn. <laughs> I know. At some point, the shooter was caught by the group and either fell or was taken down by the group. Well, yes. You get hit with one of them chunks of concrete. You're, the shooter you're continued shooting, striking at least three others, one of the gunshot victims died at the scene. The gunman was struck multiple times with at least one landscaping brick and was pronounced dead at he the scene. He was hit multiple times by at least one landscaping brick. There's one person. Multiple oh, times. Well, when you say stoning, I thought I think they're hurling stones yeah, at him. Yeah, well, I do Not too. But pummeling him to death with a brick. You have. Everything is clickbait now. No one has been arrested, police said. The shooting happened in the 5600 block of Shiloh Drive, which runs from a couple of places, in the Como area. Dee Edwards said she heard a commotion and saw people fighting outside her house. I peeked out and looked. I saw two bodies in my driveway. She said in an interview with the Must be Worth. Thursday. <laughs> no, no, that'd be Chicago. Uh, oh, no, no, that would be all week. Um, with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Then she called the police. Deborah Mobley, who lives in the neighborhood, said Monday she didn't hear the shooting, but was awakened by police lights. First, there was one light. <laughs> the gunshots didn't awaken her, but the flashing lights yeah. did. First, there was one light. Then the whole street was filled with police lights, she said. So this she was woken up by the first cop car and got there. I guess. I'm assuming it wasn't the lights. It was the sirens that probably woke her up. Maybe. This is a quiet street. Nothing like this happens on this street. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Thank you, Balky. Mobley sa said the family who lives at the home where the shooting occurred had only been in the neighborhood about a year. On weekends, they play the music really loud. One of my neighbors had to go down there until it turned down. He was pummeled with a paving stone. <laughs> Michael Crane, the councilman for District 3, which includes Como neighborhood, said that violent crime is increasing across the city and Como is not immune to that statistic. No, that's because fucking Californians are moving in there. And they're like, hey, now we can ruin another state. Last night's incident could have happened anywhere in the city. It just happened in Como, he said on Monday morning. Just as the July 4th incident could have happened anywhere else in the city, crime is increasing across the board. In the July 4th incident Crane referred to, eight people were wounded after a shooting in a car wash on Horn Street. 
having a few hours after hundreds attended a 4th July festival. Crane... Well, it's, it's a thing, you know, crime going on the rise and all, but that's somebody who's not going to repeat offend. No. Crane said he keeps in constant contact with neighborhood leaders in Como, that's right down the street from Perry, with police chief Neil Noakes and with the neighborhood police officer for the neighborhood to talk about trends. Those glasses, hot. Paving stones are the new thing. <laughs> Paving stones are the new thing. Put your gun down and grab a stone. And how to address them. He has similar conversations. It's more environmentally friendly. Yeah, it's true. He has similar conversations about neighborhoods across his district, he says. Como has one of the strongest neighborhoods in the... You know, apparently, they're humming paving stones at people in District 3. Crane says, this is something bigger that's happening across the city. I'm just picturing people like hurling them like discs, you know, spinning three times and letting them fly. No! Initially, there was a 911 hang-up call related to the shooting, according to a police log. Then, there was a report of five people shot, according to the police log. And that's literally how it ends. They called 911 and then just hung up. There's more, I think. Nope, that was it. There's a picture of the stones, though. They look like... Oh, okay. They're the ornamental ones that uh, you fit them we in. We call them Asians. <laughs> Cue music. <laughs> All right, another episode of Achieving Rally Podcast done and done. I hope you really enjoyed the show. Uh, the red underwear thing is just just disgusting. Uh, I can't believe that that even happens. I mean, seriously, people. Uh, the Texas thing and the uh, fiery nuns. I mean, come on. What can you say? All right, so for Chris, Merchant Parentheses, and everybody else involved, I'm Larry saying uh, don't wear red underwear if you go out, I, I guess. Or no underwear. I mean, because that's even worse, in my opinion. So, uh, all right. Next week. Bye. say the same thing. Hey there, listeners. Larry here. This is your first time listening, then. Hey, how's it going? You're listening with a friend or just kind of ran into us. I can help you find us some more. You can find us by searching on Spotify or Podbean by typing in Achieving Reality in the search bar. 
or you can go on Facebook and type in Achieving Reality and find us that way. Thanks a whole lot and keep enjoying the show. We love y'all. Never cut jalapenos or any other hot pepper and then cut your junk. That's a, just a hint from Uncle Larry. Hence the morning. Hence the morning. <laughs> Full circle.